All right, everybody. Hello. What's going on? This is the Do Dissidents podcast. My name is Keaton Weiss here with Russell Bobular. Hello. We do have a good show for this evening. Got a few fun things to cover, but we do want to start with just a little bit of housekeeping items here. So this is our last show, believe it or not, before Labor Day weekend. Next weekend's Labor Day weekend. Which means next weekend begins the mad dash towards the midterm. Uh, And then as soon as the polls close in Hawaii on the night of the midterms, the 2024 presidential election becomes underway. Candidates are going to start announcing very, very soon after that. We may even get a few announcements before that. Uh, And so what I'm getting at here is that engagement is going to spike very, very soon, and we want to be ready for it. So next week, we are bringing on our software, which allows us to multi-stream. So starting next week, we will be on YouTube and Facebook at the same time. We can probably do Twitter and Twitch as well. So if you could follow us on Facebook and Twitter, that would be great. The Twitch channel will have to get set up this week. All right, but we're bringing that online. We want to really make the show grow as much as we can over the next couple months, going into the next couple years, because starting Labor Day weekend, it's going to be midterm season, and then it's going to be presidential season. And so uh, we're going to start doing some video essays. We're investing in some software that makes it easier for us to do that, multi-streaming software. The point is, we're trying to grow the operation as much as we can. And so right now, more than ever, we would love you very, very much if you go to patreon.com front slash do dissidents or do dissidents.substack.com, where for as little as five bucks a month, you can support this project. We will not begin the show until we get three signups. Let's just sit in silence. We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. wait. That's what my gym teacher used to say. We've already had special. um, (laughs) We've already had special uh, do dissidents nipple tassels made. Yeah, right. We are we are prepared to wear. Right, right. Uh, Well, maybe we can send them to the patrons. Maybe we'll create a tier. We actually that's that's true. That's true. Um, that's what my gym teacher used to say. She would not, she would not let us play until we were quiet. So if we were making noise, she would just sit with her legs crossed. She says, I'll wait for you guys to be quiet. And if we kept talking and horsing around for 10 minutes and we didn't get to play kickball, you know, but anyway. I had a, uh, I had, I had a shop teacher and he picked the worst day to do this. I, you know, I took a bet that I couldn't make it through eight periods of high school tripping. And in my final period, I finally made it to the end and he just decides to discipline the class by telling everyone to keep taking their stuff out and putting it back. So he's going, Oh my take God, it, take out your equipment. <laughs> now put it back. Now take it out. Yeah. <laughs> now put it back. Now this is exactly oh the God. kind of thing that if somebody's tripping they're they can't oh, forget it. Yeah. There's no way you can like what, <laughs> what is going on right now? <laughs> It was like God saved the best for last. That was the last period I had to get through before I won the bet. All right. Well, if you sign up, if you <laughs> sign up uh, right now, um, you can access. I, I our will special... do an entire episode tripping. There you go. There you go. And I, um, and I, I haven't tripped in about thirty years, so we be better we better get a hundred signups. It'll be a fun one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
We are doing a patron and paid Substack subscriber exclusive live stream tonight, immediately following the conclusion of the main show, which will be about probably 10 after 8 or 8.15. That was a great success last time. We had a lot of patrons uh, call in. We met a couple of you guys for the first time, um, and so we decided to do it again this month. We're going to be talking about the airline industry and what they have been able to get away with under the reign of Secretary Pete Buttigieg. So that's coming up later this evening, a little bit after 8 o'clock, right after we wrap here. So there's our housekeeping. Um, now we want to get to the business of the week. Uh, we have uh, a few great segments in store for you this evening. This should be a fun one, but we want to start by honestly assessing this student debt relief plan that Joe Biden signed into law via executive order. Uh, the main points are it's $10,000 for every borrower uh, making uh, under $125,000 per year. It's up to $20,000 of student debt cancellation for everyone who went to school on a Pell Grant. And um, the monthly payments are capped at 5% of your total income. Now, I do want to be very fair in grading this debt relief plan because I don't think it is good but I don't think it's crumbs. I would grade this C minus if I had to say. So B, what I would give a B, a B is solid satisfactory. B is every penny of student debt for every borrower canceled. That's satisfactory. Mm -hmm. And A, which is like above and beyond, would be canceling all student debt and seizing the assets of all of these predatory lenders and forcing them into labor camps until they die of dehydration. That would be like, wow, that's going above and beyond. I don't even think Bernie would do that, at least not in his first term. I, Bernie I might mean, do that I, as a lame well, duck. Well, but even Mao didn't do that. Once you got properly re-educated, you got to clean the streets. Yeah, well, see, well, that's why an A is hard to get. Yeah, I'm a tough grader. Yeah. You know, and A is not easy. <laughs> <laughs> Even Mao, A minus. I give Mao an A minus. Mao didn't go far enough. Right, exactly. I, 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 I swear to God, I, I want to, uh, I want to do a Sex on the City movies where they get kidnapped by Maoist gorillas. <laughs> right, exactly. yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> that's like my, that's like my dream project. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I was thinking about pig. <laughs> up against the wall. Up against the wall. Now, now, running dog, capitalist pig. <laughs> With the Manolo Blahniks and the, the handbags and all that shit. They, they take them to like a jungle hideaway. <laughs> um, a C would be what people like Warren um, put on the table and Chuck Schumer put on the table, which would be $50,000 per borrower. That would be a C. That'd be okay. That's a passing grade. That's, you know, satisfactory, whatever. It's not good. It's not great, but we'll take it, right? That's you don't look a gift horse in the mouth at that um, because it does wipe out the debt for about 75% of borrowers. And even those who have more, 50 grand is 50 grand. That's uh, mm -hmm. probably cutting it in half for at least 15 out of the remaining 25 who would still have debt, right? Um, this falls a little bit below that. Um, and the reason I say only a little bit below is because that unexpected perk of doubling the relief from 10000 to 20000 for Pell Grant recipients, 
does make a big difference to working class people because in order to get a Pell Grant, you have to have low income to begin with. I'm going to school on a Pell Grant now. I qualify it uh, for it. You know why I qualify for it? Because we don't have enough goddamn patrons. That's why I qualify for it. All right. <laughs> so once again, patreon.com front but, slash but in, the, in this case, that worked out for you. In this case, it happened to work out. That's right. That's right. So that added perk there does make a big difference, even though it's means tested and targeted and neoliberal in that way, which, like I said, is not okay with me. The fact that you're targeting it that specifically to people who are legit working class people, that is going to be a huge relief to working people. And so for that reason, I'd give it probably a C minus. I don't even think I'd go as low as a D. It's certainly not an F. That's where I come down on the plan. There's obviously a lot to criticize about it, which we'll get into as the show goes on. Um, but I do think it is more than crumbs. I, I just wouldn't be fair to dismiss this as like something like the IRA, which is bullshit. Like the Inflation Reduction Act, that's bullshit. This is not quite bullshit. It's, you know, it's crumbs for some. Uh, but what, what are the stats? What percentage of student loan borrowers is this going to wipe out their student loans? It's like a much higher amount than you would expect. Well, yeah, because a lot of people who go who take student loans do it to go to two year colleges or online colleges like right. me. My right. my education that I'm getting now is very, very cheap compared to like a four year college that you would go to right out of high school. You know, so yeah, no, this is pretty much going to wipe out my student loan debt. Because I'm eligible for the twenty. Yeah, well, um, Russell. Russell now. Russell now is a coddler of Joe Biden. Russell's going to start coddling him now. <laughs> I'm, co I'm not just coddling. Hey, 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 shut up, coddling. shut up, shut up, stop I'm coddling. coddling Joe. I'm <laughs> coddling Joe. Uh, no, no. Look, I, I, I would agree with your assessment. Um, total wipeout is the ideal. Fifty thousand. I, I would agree. Would have, would have actually made a difference for some of the people I know who literally owe $150,000 for like their social work fucking degrees. Um, you know, 20,000 is really not going to do much for those people. Uh, but there are a lot of people like me who, yeah, man, I mean, it is going to, it is going to make a difference. I'm looking at buying a house next year. That's going to make a big difference on what I can afford. Cause that, that's going to, I'm not carrying any credit card debt at that point. I'll be carrying like no debt. Right, right. I mean, look, the, the thing about the Pell Grant thing that makes it weird, and this is why this is, again, a, a point that I would knock the order for. And this is why you just have to. This is why I would say the satisfactory thing to do is to cancel all of it. It's the morally right thing to do. It makes the most sense yeah. because, like, you know, um, my wife went to school. She did not go on a Pell Grant because whatever, like when you're 17 years old, you don't get to say, well, as a 17 year old, I don't make much money. Therefore, I get a Pell Grant. It's your household income. Right. So right. it's based right. on what your parents make. Right. So if her parents right. earned a middle class income, she didn't qualify for that. And so right. now right. those debts are a huge burden. I mean, we were paying, you know, her debts were like six hundred dollars a month. We've I been know. paying that for I, six years and we haven't fucking, made much crazy. of a dent in the principal. It's really crazy. hardly any. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, so it's, look, it's, this is just a sick, depraved industry. That's why well, I well, that's look, why the I mean, A that's why the really the right thing to do is to go beyond what Chairman Mao would have done, which is to round <laughs> up these ghouls and torture them. 
I mean, th th these are absolute blood-sucking monsters. These are the scum of the earth. This is what ruins the economy for everybody. This is what a lot of right-wingers need to understand. It's not just students. When students get bled seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a month in loan payments, that hurts the economy. It hurts the economy because that's well, money they cannot spend elsewhere. It's money that is being sucked up by these predatory lenders who are just collecting interest on a principle they lent out 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. It's not money being put to use. It's not money going anywhere productive. It's money well, being it's sucked out of the economy by vampires. And that is why the, the, the imperative is to cancel every penny of all student debt. That's only one of many reasons, which we'll get to as the show goes on. Well, uh, Sager and Jetty did a really good monologue on this this week that I think reflects the, you know, not corrupt politician branch of the right wing actually, you know, thinking it through right wing. Um, you could wipe out all the student loan debt. And I think it would be within 15 years, we would be, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> mouth them. Uh, mouth them. <laughs> within, within 15 years, we'd have the same amount of student loan debt we have now. So you're by wiping out the debt, you're not addressing the problem. It is true that in some ways, yeah, I mean, for somebody like me who's well past their college years and doesn't owe that much money, and and there are a lot of people who you know also don't owe crazy amounts who this is going to help but it's not systemically helping the situation because of what you're saying the the college industry is an enormous ripoff at this point um something else and jetty was pointing out was that they've hired an insane number of diversity people and equity people you know there's a lot of where your tuition is going you got the race hustlers and grifters in there getting paid insane amounts of money um they'll put in amenities to attract rich students like rivers and swimming pools and things you know just luxury things that have absolutely nothing to do with education in order to attract students who can afford these insane tuitions and students um, who can't the ones who can't take out the loans and they're they in take debt out the rest the of their lives right right um but it's not that you're getting this amazing education i mean look nyu the the tuition is like fucking legendary at nyu and as somebody worked in new york theater my entire life i'll tell you when i saw nyu on a resume it told me one thing about you you have rich parents right didn't tell me anything about how good you are the quality of your work no no it's bullshit it's all a bunch of nonsense and they put you through all this orwellian brainwashing i have to write an essay i'm majoring in uh, economics and i have to write an essay as part of my academic planning program about the value of a liberal arts education um, as it pertains to an economics major. In other words, I have to explain why it's important to take <laughs> theater classes and art history classes, why that background is going to help me be a better economics thinker, right? In other words, it's very like you will learn to love Big Brother, right? You will validate what we are doing to you. I had mm -hmm. to take all these elective courses. I had to take, you know, Japanese culture, uh, art history. I took one on modern U.S. drama because I knew I could pass that one in my sleep. It'd be an easy four credits, right? Um, 
so I now have to write an essay explaining why no, that's not a bullshit scam waste of time in order to pay some untalented fucking quack who reads a few essays a month and gives me a grade. Like, it is bullshit, but I have to now write an eight to ten page paper about why it's not in order uh, to be accepted into the degree program, which I thought I already was. I thought that was what my admissions essay was for. So, it, you know, this is just, a, you know, uh, one all example. Right, all right. It's so all a bunch of garbage. It's all a complete load of garbage. All right. So this, this is my audition for the Daily Wire and the thing that's officially going to get me kicked out of the left. All right. So there, there's been a lot of controversy around um, Hillsdale College. If you watch a lot of YouTube political videos, They've probably tried to sell you a few lecture series. I mean, they give them for free, but they're basically trying to get you into their ecosystem. So, like, kind of like Wondrium, only with a with with a real embrace of the Western canon and the Western tradition and the great books and that kind of thing. So they have like a lecture series on Dante and so on. But apparently, I've been reading a series of articles, and MSNBC just did a piece about them. Um, they're a big player now in Christian right politics, and they're opening a bunch of charter schools and campuses. Like, they've been around since 1849. They were founded by, I think, uh, Baptists uh, in the mid-19th century. Um, a lot of people in Trump's administration came out of Hillsdale. A lot of the younger people they would recruit were recent graduates out of Hillsdale. Now, a lot of the people who graduated from there earlier, like they were always a, a Republican hotbed, but their focus was on preserving the tradition of, at least based on what I'm reading, their focus, and this is still how they present themselves, as focused on preserving the ideal of the Western classical education, right? The great books, the Greeks, the Romans, the constitution, the founding fathers and so on. Um, a lot of people who graduated from there have been horrified by what they've turned into, that they, they couldn't believe that they backed Trump and provided so many people to that administration because they the education they had had really emphasized Aristotelian logic and the uh, virtuous citizen and, and, and that sort of thing. Now, what Hillsdale, what they're describing what Hillsdale was as opposed to what it necessarily is now. Um, that's what I think colleges should be. I, I, I really do. I think they should be places that encourage debate, that expose you to ideas, that expose you to viewpoints, and that do discuss the relationship of the individual to the society and the social virtues and, and that great uh, classical tradition. Um, what you have now, it's a lot of horseshit. So when you tell me they're telling you you should learn about uh, arts and you should learn about theater as an economist, I agree with that, actually. I don't think anybody should be graduating from college if you're going to be going into these kinds of professions. Uh, not if you're going to be an auto mechanic, not if you're going to be an electrician, but if you're going to be in the professions, if you're going to be a professional class person, yes, I, I do think you should get something approximating a classical education. But So then what's high school for? What, what was 10th, 11th, and 12th grade for then? Was that just babysitting? Uh, more or less. I mean, from, from well, my... I mean... <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't I, agree I, with you on that. You're, get, you're, you're getting in high school. I mean, you're right. High school should be that. 
but it's really not. I mean, maybe if high school was that, college wouldn't need to be. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, what you're saying is you don't start learning anything until you turn 18. So then what the hell is I mean, K-12 I mean you're, you're learning the basics. I don't buy it. I don't you're, buy you're, it. I you're think learning, you're coddling. It, I, th- I think you're coddling academia. I am a proponent of the Greek ideal. You're a nefarious coddler is what you are. Athletics, philosophy, Yo, debates. <laughs> to those who don't get literature. <laughs> I, I just have to side stuff here. We've just made a video that's actually doing pretty well right now. It caught the algorithm where we responded to the Vanguard's attempted ambush of Aaron Mate. You got to go check that video out. Uh, you should watch their debate with Aaron Mate and then watch our video covering it. It's doing pretty well now. We've actually netted some good subs out of it. We've gotten about 30 subscribers just in just and like by, today. By, by subs, he means submissive. So yeah, right. If you, if you had. <laughs> If you become a patron, you you get the address of our dungeon. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, gossip sells. We thought it would be good business to attack the Vanguard, and so far it's working out well. So we hope that you go and, and watch that video. Also, we really hate those motherfuckers. <laughs> like we really do. It's not an act. Well, it's I, not I mean, we're not we're not putting it on for the cameras. We hate those motherfuckers. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I hate them, but I would say, you know, um, I would say, you know, I, I strongly disapprove of how they're using their their forum. All right, all right, I'll go. I'll go with the Bukowski line. I don't wish them hate hate harm. them hate them. No, I don't hate them, but I seem to feel better when they're not around. <laughs> exactly. Right. I feel better when they're not around. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's go into our segment because now I want to cover, we want to keep talking about uh, student debt here, um, but I want to do so by responding to a segment uh, on the Bill Maher show. So Bill Maher had the panel from hell this week. It was Bill Maher, Rob Reiner, and Amy Klobuchar. So if there is a hell where you only get one political panel, to watch forever and ever and ever on a loop that's pretty damn close i mean maybe you would add like one of the neocons like from or bill crystal or something like or, that or, 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 but this or, is pretty close or you or you would get um Alyssa milano on the panel maybe yeah but but she, she's she too really much of a celeb to... like she's not even a serious commentator really so that's why i didn't think of her but yeah something like that Exactly. I'm, anyway, I'm, just, I'm just thinking what hell would be. What hell would be, right, exactly. Um, all right, so they had some things to say about the student debt action. Uh, let's take a look, and we will pause it a couple times and comment as we go, because there's too much here to just respond to all at once at the end. Let's move on to the other big thing that the administration did. Now, college loans. This, it's interesting. I know, there's people who have college loans. There are other people in America, the vast majority of Americans didn't go to college, and they don't have college loans, so they're a little pissed about this. They're like, you know, there are plumbers out there saying, well, why don't you pay off my truck instead, because that's what my money went to. Okay, the reason we don't pay off your truck is because when you buy your truck, you are locked in at a fixed interest rate. You know up front exactly how much that truck is going to cost you in the end. And if you fall on hard times and your plumbing business doesn't work out and you're not able to pay for that truck, you can get out 
of that debt. You can declare bankruptcy. You can fold the business up. There are programs to help you. None of that exists for student debtors, largely, by the way, thanks to President Joe Biden, who made it impossible to get rid of student debt in bankruptcy. So that's why this is a unique problem when it pertains to student debt. I'm all for helping out plumbers with their trucks. Hey, I'm a socialist. I think we should help everybody as much as we can, right? So I'm then no axe to grind against uh, workers like that. Um, but student debt is different for that reason. It's amazing to me when I read in the paper today how many Democrats are divided about this. They're not completely behind this idea that Joe Biden is paying off people's student loans. So where are you on that one? I think, you know, during the presidential, I was the one that said, rich kids, we shouldn't be paying for their college. You just can't staple a diploma for free under everyone's chair. Part of that is, I think... Okay, now that, now we have to stop for, for a second. That is complete straw man bullshit from an absolute lying pig. No one ever said we staple a college degree to the back of everyone's chair. Okay, that is fucking absurd. The, the fact of the matter is here, uh, you guys, meaning the Democratic Party, are the ones who have been saying over and over again that a college degree is essential if you want to pursue the American dream in the 21st century. It was the Democrats who said that. Republicans haven't really been on that page. Barack Obama, we all remember, 2007, 2008, 2009, 10, all through the first term, even into the second term. The jobs of the 21st century require a college education. It was the Democrats and, of course, establishment Republicans who shipped all of the good blue-collar jobs overseas, meaning that if you wanted to have a decent standard of living here in the U.S., it meant getting one of the white-collar jobs that you can only get by... Um, getting a four-year degree. So Democrats made a college degree essential. Something Wait, that is essential is, should yeah. not be commodified. That's the same rationale for Medicare for All. Medicine is essential and necessary. You can't do without it. And so if you can't do without it, it should be free at the point of service. If they're saying that a college diploma is the new high school degree, which is what they're saying— then guess what? A college diploma should be free just as a high school degree is free. That's why K through 12 is free, because well, we as a society understand that the minimum education threshold that everybody should meet is high school degree. If that goalpost has been moved as the Democrats and Amy Klobuchar, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama have moved it, that means that college should be decommodified and made tuition free. That is not stapling a degree to the back of everyone's chair. You lying pig. It's, it's just a ma it's just like the, the you're, you're you're even starting to talk like now. Yeah, right. Exactly. You sound just well, I'm like not even it. done with her. This I'm not like, even done with her. There's plenty more in that clip to go Right through. out of Mao's little red book. Uh, <laughs> um, go ahead. I know you were trying to butt in there, but I just wanted to get that thought out. No, I know. Um I was building yeah, towards also, lying also, pig. I couldn't have my moment. Even even a lot even a lot of these jobs of the 21st century. Do you really need a four-year college degree to code? I mean, I'm not an expert not. in that area, but I don't get the impression you do. It seems to me you could go to a technical college to learn how to do that. Uh, uh, there there. How many real professions do you really need to go to college for four years for? And and you're right. High school should be better. Like, I, I would agree with you that high school should really give you a classical education, ideally. Right. It's not what it does. 
Um, and then you should go to college to specialize and maybe continue in that vein in a, in a more advanced spirit. Um, but even these jobs of the 21st century, most of them don't need four-year college degrees either, unless you're going into a very specialized field like a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, you know, obviously, uh, biologist, research biologist. Do you really need a four-year college degree for a lot of these jobs of the 21st century? And then on the other side of this, you know, I come from a neighborhood where a lot of the people would not have really been interested in college. There was no reason for them to go to college. They didn't have inclinations that made them really suited to college. But people like that, listen, you need your car fixed, right? You need construction workers. Focus on paying those people fairly, and we don't really have a big issue, right? Because right. On, on, the, on the one hand, you don't want to pay those people what they're worth, but on the other hand, you need them. So so very often, the, the, the meritocracy, they will take this tone of like, well, that's what you get for not getting getting that education and getting on board with the jobs of the future the fuck are you talking about you need these people right we saw very quickly in the pandemic who we really need right. and who we actually right. don't need and right. those are the people we actually need all all the all the consultants we didn't have a lot of use for them when the shit actually hit the fan it was Even the people the work- shit hit the fan. You didn't have uh, what what the shit hitting the fan exposed was that you didn't really need those people before the shit hit the fan. Well, did you ever read on- made up jobs? Well, well, uh, World War Z had a great um, scene illustrating this. Um, you know, they were t- they they had a little redoubt west of the Rockies where the government, the American government, had, had consolidated everybody away from the zombies, and. Um, they had to take all of these people and have their maids and their mechanics teach them how to survive, how you fix a window, how you how you how you repair a door, how you drive a nail. Because right? none of these people who had been their bosses, oh, sure, right. who had been the wealthy people, right. knew how to do any of those things. Right. So they would have their own maids would be leading the class. And they would be the underclass, actually, right, in right, any exactly. situation where you needed people to have basic real-world competence. Right, um, exactly. It so, would be the reverse. So it's not like they like to make it out as if you're talking about um, you know, somebody who has antiquated skills. They don't have antiquated skills. They have skills that you very much need right now. Today's working class have skills that apply to today's world. So pay them fairly, and you wouldn't get this enormous divide. I uh, Look, I don't know anybody. I've never known any working-class person who felt they should make what a doctor makes. They understand that this is years and years of school, and it's a highly specialized skill. They just want a fair shake. If you just treat them fairly, there wouldn't be a big resentment about this. All right, let's get back to the video. Part of that is I think we need to focus on apprenticeships and filling the hard-to-fill jobs. That being said, Bill, this is more targeted than a bunch of the proposals that were out there. Um, And 87% of the money goes to people uh, that are making less than $75,000 a year. You've got 
Wow. It will help nurses. It helps nurses. It helps teachers. It helps electricians. A bunch of people have community college loans. That being said, if I could wave a magic wand and do what I want to do, I would have actually tied it to the hard-to-fill jobs. We have 10 million job openings right now in our country. Two million of them are in healthcare assisted living. So if people will go into those jobs instead of being like hedge fund managers, um, then we could actually put the uh, loan repayment help and have it connected to people going into the jobs that we need to fill. I think that would be a way you can do it. Okay, so what she's okay, saying Fred, there. Do, do you know what those fucking jobs pay? That's why they can't fill them. You know what they pay home health aides to change fucking 80 year old diapers? Like $15 an hour, $20 yeah, an hour for that job. Also, what she's saying is that we were going to, in, if I were president, I would have tied student debt relief to you switching careers into right. one of these hard right. to fill jobs. That now, suck, that right, are hard that, that to suck. fill because they suck. This is, I mean, she really is a neoliberals neoliberal because that, in a nutshell, is neoliberalism, which is total deference to the market. We, the government, will help you a little bit if and only if a little you bit, fill little the current hole that exists in the market, right? Which means changing careers, which for a lot of people, genius, would mean going back to school and getting retrained and taking on more debt. <laughs> I mean, it's not even well thought out in that way. You can't just switch from being... Well, to be a home health aide, they'll, 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 they'll take anyone with a face. Well, now pulse. because they're hard to fill, I guess. But you no, would still no, need always. That's why. That's why you only ever see immigrants in that job. Well, but she's not just talking about home health aides. She's talking about healthcare workers, right? Across well, if she if she's talking about nurses, right. yeah, I mean that they would have to go back to school for shit like that. Uh, shit like that. But what? But even well, okay. So, so let's just take your example. Like I said, those jobs pay nothing. So you're about so you would have to give up whatever career you're working now to go into a shittier career, a much much shittier lower paying career in order to get a one-time student right. debt relief of $10,000. I mean, it just makes it's a, absolutely that, it's, no it's sense. It's indentured servitude. Yeah. Right, exactly. So she would force, right, she would force you into indentured servitude if she had her way. She would make this plan even shittier by tying the relief to your willingness to change careers to get a worse job than you have now because as you said that is why <laughs> those jobs are hard to fill okay we're almost done with this but there is some more here payment help and have it connected to people going into the jobs that we need to fill. I think that would be a way you can do it, but I do think it's important well, yeah. for people to understand that this 50, is a targeted program that he put out. 50 years ago, 70% of good jobs required a high school diploma. Now, they say 70% require a college degree. Mm -hmm. So I know this is like supposed to address income inequality, but it kind of does the reverse because it's the people who have college degrees. Who yeah, but there are also who what? Notice he doesn't finish that sentence. Who theoretically are doing well, but a lot of them aren't, which is why the student debt is accruing to begin with. If right. people were doing well enough to keep up with the debt, we wouldn't have whatever it is, $1.4 trillion worth of student debt. So that just that is an argument that just never adds up. But let's, let's well, let Rob Reiner 
talk here, and then we'll, we'll just get to the end of this before we before we chime in again, this, so, so we get it over with. Parents of those kids who don't have college degrees, who want their kids to be able to go to college so that they can have a better life than they did, and we have to address the, 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 the cost of going to college. I mean, I'm an old man, but when I went to college, you know, at UCLA, uh, it, it cost me $242 to go to school for a whole year. Now, it's crazy how right. what you have but, to pay, and it's unfortunate. It's and it does target the, the, the kids that are most, uh, you know, most in need. But I keep saying on this show, no one's listening, but I keep saying... Well, you're, it's your show. I know. No, so no, I'm just, saying, I'm just saying nobody, you know, like, oh. if, if, eventually they follow my lead. But it, it takes, <laughs> takes years. A decade. It takes years and yeah. someone else to claim yeah. it. Anyway, but I keep saying it's not about affordability. Uh, Yes, college is unaffordable. It's about making college more unnecessary. It's a giant scam. It's a consumer product that they're that selling right you about. as a golden ticket to be in the upper middle right class. That. But that is all the more reason to cancel the debt. If it's a giant scam, then the people who are saddled with this debt are the victims of that scam. This seems to be the only scam where it where people want to blame the victims for falling for it and let the scam artists continue to get away with perpetrating it it's yes. completely upside down well, well, if you are the victim of a scam you have the right to compensation let's just take the cartoonish example of trump university right now you say well that's different because it's not a real university well yes and no i mean a degree from trump university is only slightly less valuable than an art history yeah, yeah, degree those, from those, Villanova. Those, those people <laughs> didn't get uh those people didn't get rich flipping properties right <laughs> and there's maybe that too right but the the point is the people who went to trump university realized when they got out when they graduated that this was bullshit. This wasn't what we were told it was. The benefit of this program is not as advertised. Therefore, we've been had. We're going to sue you for our money back. And they won a settlement and they got their money back. Now, students who are in debt cannot sue higher education as an institution, right? That's why you need the government to step in and say, okay, we are going to right this wrong. Bill Maher is 100% right. It is a giant scam. A lot of right-wingers say it's a giant scam. Well, if it's a giant scam, then you have to make it right by the people who were scammed. That's yes. all the more reason at, to cancel the, every at, dime of student debt. At the same time, the more honest conservative argument is, why did we even bother to do this, given that we didn't address that side of the problem? We're just going to be right back here in a couple of years. Well, that's fair. That's fair. But... Either way, either way. Uh, the only reason, the only re the, 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 re the reason that I don't agree with that argument is because our government's too broken to fix that. So at least you're getting something. At least people are getting something. It's a sad statement, but you damn well know that this government is not going to get its shit together to reform the education system. If you wait for that, you, you come on, man. The apocalypse will be here before they do that. Well, well, that's the other thing that's so infuriating about this executive order, and this is the thing that infuriates people about the Democratic Party in general, is that the Democrats pretty loudly and proudly just admit that the system runs on injustice and that a certain amount of injustice is necessary to keep the system going, right? 
Joe Biden, in his speech justifying this action, called the system of college financing broken. He says this is a broken system. They will say the healthcare system is broken, as evidenced by the fact that tens of thousands of people still die every year in this country because they cannot afford medicine. They'll agree the immigration system is broken. They'll agree our infrastructure is broken, right? But they'll never, ever endorse comprehensive solutions to actually fix these systems. If this system, this student debt system, this college financing system is broken, the only way to unbreak it is to cancel student debt. If our healthcare system is broken, and the reason you admit that it's broken is because people die because they cannot afford medicine, the only way to fix that, just logically speaking, is to make medicine free at the point of service. Well, the, way, the only way to eliminate those deaths, to, right. to stop those deaths from right. happening. Right. Well, you, you have to but attack they, it. But, they but not only will they never endorse that. They will always say, no, we can't do that because the point is we need a certain amount of corruption in order to keep the wheels of this train rolling. That's what keeps America going. Well, it's not just that. I mean, they get their money from these people. Um, well, but that it, may it, be a reason it, why they say it, that. But that's basically what they your one-two punch is you would cancel all student debt at the same exact time that you made all all free, tuition right. tuition free public colleges and universities which would also probably drive down the uh drive down the tuition at private universities of course it would because yeah. now they've got to compete with free um well you, also, you, you know who else would have to compete with free the united states military would have to compete with free the army would have to compete with free they wouldn't be able to sucker poor kids into joining the military in order to get a free education that's true. That's, too. that's another that's true. That's too. another real flaw in the plan. But that's that's the way to do it. Like, you know, and Jetty was right. If you're just going to cancel student debt, we're back here in 15 years. Even with what we just did, I think I think it buys like two years of time before we're going to have exactly the same amount of student debt we have right now. So what did you fix? You're still not addressing the problem. This is a Band-Aid on a shotgun wound. Of course. No, absolutely. Look, they're right about that. Just looking at the chat, man, we got people riled up with that with that uh, labor camp talk. Mow them. Somebody else here. <laughs> Chilenosaurus. I never seen you here before, but welcome. Says revolution. Good. See, we Viva got, la we revolution. What up, my fellow dissenters? See, we got everybody going tonight. We got you all riled up. That's good. I, 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 like used, I like that. I Very high to, energy tonight. Very high I energy. To, uh, I like when it. I, when, I, uh, when I drove a carriage, I would drive into the stable. I would yell to the stable men. Socialissimo, si! Capitalissimo, no! Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that was not the only topic that that Bill Maher panel decided to cover. And we're going to do two Bill Maher segments uh, this evening, just because, like I said, that was the panel from hell. So one of the um, big uh, news stories over the past couple weeks was Sam Harris going on a podcast and basically blurting out that he uh, endorses big tech's censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop story in the days running up to the November vote in 2020. And he basically said, look, everybody had a moral imperative to stop Trump, even if it meant the media and big tech conspiring to spike 
the Hunter Biden laptop story, which would have been a big October surprise for the Trump campaign, just like the Comey letter was for the 2016 Trump campaign that dropped in the final days uh, of that home stretch. Um, and so Bill Maher cited that and asked what Rob Reiner and Amy Klobuchar, the two, I mean, one official Democratic hack and one unofficial Democratic, you know, the, the sort of Hollywood version. Let's see what they had to say about whether it's whether it's kosher for big tech and the media to conspire against a presidential candidate spoiler alert it is right exactly <laughs> right <laughs> so sam harris says it was appropriate for, it was appropriate for twitter and the heads of big tech and the heads of journalistic organizations to feel that they were in the presence of something that is a once in a lifetime moral emergency meaning Trump. So he's saying it's okay to have a conspiracy to get rid of somebody as bad as Trump. It's a little bit of a thorny question because once you go down this road, this is sort of... First of all, no, it's not. It's not a thorny question whatsoever. If you believe in democracy, as you guys claim to, every other tweet from Rob Reiner's fat thumbs are about protecting democracy. So if you are serious about that, then you would, of course, say that conspiring against a presidential candidate in this subversive manner is wrong. But it's not so simple. Let's see what they have to say. Where we are in this country, the other side is so evil, anything is justified in preventing them from taking office. Is it? No, no. You know what's not justified? Using armed violence to try to kill people in the Capitol. That's oh. not justified. Uh, answer this question. Virtue signaling it, a go-go. Answer this question. What is was the it question? The question is, was, was it press? appropriate to bury the Hunter Biden? You're talking about the press doing the, that? He's saying that's what they did, and that is what they did. They buried the Hunter Biden story before the election because they were like, we can't risk having the election thrown to Trump. We'll tell them after the election. Well, and, and we know for a fact that that's what they did? Of course. You no, don't but follow I mean, this. Saying you you gotta... know for a fact that that's what they did? I don't know what they did. I know. Rob Reiner is playing dumb, which is a diplomatic way of saying he's lying. Of course, Rob Reiner knows that's what they did. This guy follows these things very, very, very closely. Of course he knows that. Because you only watch MSNBC. No, that's not true. That's not true. Well, then you would know about this. I do know about that. That's right, he does. Like I, do, I do know about that, and I do watch Fox. But the point is, uh, you, we're going to prove now that they, that they that the, the press <laughs> you know, tried to... They're admitting it. They're, the that's press not is a, admitting it. The point is... The point is... this is what he's questioning. They admitted it? Not that they did it. They admitted <laughs> right, it. Right, right. We don't have plausible deniability about this anymore. Is that what you're saying? You're saying we <laughs> have to he, admit this That's now? what he's exactly. asking. That's what right. he's really asking. Right. This was like, usually this conversation would be in like a green room. Okay, right. so we're going to admit it, that is, that's what happened? Like, right. This doesn't line up for me. Hang on. They admitted malfeasance? How do really? we deal with this? How do we deal with this? Let's see. Oh, uh... January 6th. January 6th. Ooh, that'll get the morons clapping. A, a noun, a verb, and January 6th. Now and a verb, January 6th, you get the shit libs clapping like the fucking brainless smoke that they are. That's not even an issue anymore. They're saying, yes, we basically did this because we didn't want this to throw the election. Yes? I don't know that they've all said this. and I. I wow, another liar. Another liar. Like I said, just the panel from hell. Just two abject lying hacks of course you know that they did this what do you mean i we don't know that they did this 
Washington, the Washington she, Post admitted they did it. The Washington Post came out and said, it. we said it was Russian disinformation before the election, and now we realize it's not. And we spiked the story. I, believe, uh, I, I, th- I, I, think, I think Jonathan Capehart's still saying it's uh, the fog of war, you know? Yeah, right, exactly. We've heard conflicting testimonies. Yes. Well, the New York the Times First definitely did. My dad was a reporter. I believe in it, and I think you have to you have to make sure that you're treating people fairly. But I think Rob's point here is that we are dealing. Listen to this. Listen to yeah, this. Matt, Matt, Matt Taibbi's father was a reporter, and I'm sure a better one than yours. And uh, he and he wrote hate Inc. Okay, what yeah, the yeah, fuck does it. your father being a reporter have to do with anything? Wasn't her father a drunk? Didn't she always I, I say like her father so. was a drunk? So. Yeah. Uh, look, I can't look at this woman without hearing. Hey, Donald Trump, how would your hair fare in a blizzard? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't look at her without hearing that one. All right, let's see what the point is. What's the main points of the Hunter Biden laptop story and the conspiracy to suppress it what's what's the main point i think rob's point here is that we are dealing um with a man who used to be the president right now who literally tried to lead an armed insurrection and that's right. why we're the main so focused point on this is right january 6th. and i have not been as you've noticed as bombastic <laughs> as my friend here um about <laughs> what's in the senate right, so now that's you know then we get three more minutes of hang on but don't, but don't we don't we have footage of him expressing a very different opinion that's true. He is flip. He has flip flopped on this issue because if you look back, actually, you're right, Russell. You're absolutely right. He did but express. If you get into the opinion. way back machine. Yeah, exactly. Here's Rob Reiner on this. Just uh, what would this be? How many years ago would this be? This would be about 1973. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. About 50 years ago. Let's see. <laughs> I see what your idea of a free country is. You're free to say anything you want, but if, but if anyone disagrees with you, they're either thrown into jail or called a meathead, right? That's right, because this is America, the land that I love. Well, I love it too, Mr. Bunker, and it's because I do like protest when I think things are wrong. And stand beside her. And guide her. Bring back that <laughs> Rob Reiner. Yeah, what yeah, happened we have... to that Rob Reiner? What happened to Spinal Tap Rob Reiner? I'd even take When Harry Met Sally Rob Reiner over this Rob Reiner. Well, uh, actually, if you go back and you watch All in the Family, it explains a lot. Because a lot of what Mike and Gloria are arguing to Archie is 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 basically what we would call political correctness today. And their generation took over academia and... They did exactly what you would think they would do with that if you watched All in the Family. Make certain speech verboten, impose these cultural norms that they're constantly shouting at Archie for not adhering to. Um, You know, did you ever hear of the the famous study that um, William Paley, who ran CBS then, secretly took? All right, so, so Bill Cosby was very against All in the Family. Uh, because he felt it it wasn't challenging Archie's racism. It was encouraging it. So Paley secretly had a study done to see if that was true. And yeah, it turned out most people perceived Archie as the hero of the show. And it was a hit show. He didn't want to cancel it, so he buried the study. Uh, But yes, people thought because Archie was the funny one, 
And and also look, I mean, especially in America in that era, probably more people agreed with Archie's take on racial issues and that kind of thing. So uh so they did see it that way. Um but yeah, I mean, Rob, Rob Reiner and his whole, I mean, it's interesting going back and looking at that because Rob Reiner has gone on the journey of a very typical boomer who at one time was very uh, principled right. about these subjects and now is uh, you know much more flexible while at the same time trying to present this veneer of conviction. Yeah, no, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, this guy... Every other tweet he writes is about saving democracy from the Republican Party and Trump. And, you know, we got into this. I wrote an article about Sam Harris's defense. Of, like, you can't, you can't be pro-democracy and support that kind of censorship and that kind of collusion sure. to kill a story. You can, you can say, hey— uh, sometimes we have to subvert democracy for the greater good. That's a valid thing to say. I don't agree with that in this case, but it's a valid thing to say. As you pointed out, Russell, a few weeks ago, the Greeks invented it. They had a lot of negative things to say about it. So if you want to take an anti-democratic stance on this and say, no, this was a moral emergency, as Sam Harris said, which to his credit, he laid out perfectly what he thought. I mean, Sam Harris at least has the intellectual honesty to articulate what he actually means. He says, this is a once-in-a-lifetime emergency where extra democratic steps had to be taken, and therefore I support that they were taken. But Rob Reiner does not have the courage to say that. Uh, Cruella DeVille with the hypoactive thyroid there sitting next to him did not have the courage to say that. He says, well, I don't know. We don't know that that's what happened. We, we don't know. All I know is January 6th, bad. Clap, quick, quick, morons in the audience, morons in the audience who think they're smarter than everybody. Clap because I said January 6th to bail me out of this so we can move on to the next segment. Look, I, I was I, 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 cowards. I was I was talking to a boomer the other day. He was telling me, and now these Republicans are gonna tear down everything that I fought for. And I'm thinking, okay, man, you, you had a certain amount of people who were out protesting and doing that. But a lot of these boomers that are still alive today, they want to jump on that bandwagon. But what were they doing, man? They were fucking chasing chicks, smoking weed fucking in the bushes at Woodstock. Most of them were not out fighting this fight. Right, right. They, they all want to get they all want to get credit for that. <laughs> That's a very small group that can show, show me the show me the pictures of you at the march, man. Show me. I want I want to sit because 90% of them were not marching. They were fucking. That that's that's what most of them were doing. Rob Reiner, look man, I can't I can't say I I don't remember him being much of an activist. Like I don't remember Rob Reiner in that era really showing up at marches and protests and being parts of part of those causes. I may, you know, later on in a Hollywood kind of way of showing up. Well, he's a, a Hollywood fundraiser. kid. I mean, his father was in the business. You know, he's a, he's a rich yeah, but kid, uh, you know? you, sure. But do you, do you, I don't I don't remember Rob uh, uh, Rob Reiner ever showing up at something with a bullhorn. Like I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, let's take a look at one other piece of video because, you know, look, the, the fact is it wasn't just that big tech spiked that Hunter Biden laptop story on their own. Uh, as Mark Zuckerberg let out of the bag this week when he went on the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, they were coaxed into doing so by the FBI. 
All right, which which I mean, for all the morons who try to defend big tech censorship on the grounds that they're a private corporation, they're private businesses, they could do what they want. I think that's an idiotic defense to begin with. We've explained why a million times. So without getting bogged down in that again, I will just say that uh, this this shatters that argument because this was not just a private corporation doing what they wanted. This was a private corporation following not perhaps direct orders, but as Zuckerberg makes pretty clear here, they were leaning on these tech companies pretty hard to spike anything that could have hurt Joe Biden's chances in the last month of that 2020 campaign. And by the way, if Trump himself had any brains at all, he would not be going on and on and on about non-existent voter fraud or election fraud. He would be talking about this as the conspiracy to stop him from being re-elected, and this as the conspiracy that renders you're, Joe Biden you're, you're, you're right. You're right. And that would be very hard to challenge if he did take that approach. He's not smart enough for that. Exactly. Exactly. So here we go. How do you guys handle things when they're a, a big news item that's controversial? Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New yeah, York we Post. Yeah, we too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well. So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said, you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What we do is we have, um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we, we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being um, being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when um, you say the distribution is decreased, in, it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically, the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. So not a little bit less, a lot less. Fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely. By what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's 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 meaningful. meaningful. But I mean, but like basically, 80, 90%. a um, yeah. a lot of people are still able to share. When do you guys see in your news feed a photo or a meme that's grayed out that says Facebook has flagged this as misinformation? You hardly ever see that, right? You hardly ever see that. Nope. That's the way I, they I've, flag I've, the story. I've, I've never seen. It. I think I've seen it once or twice, right? And so that's what he's talking about. So you never see if that gets flagged like yeah, that. Yeah, you, you spend all day on Facebook ignoring your children. <laughs> well, that's all the more reason why I can speak with authority yeah. on this. Yes, that's right. Garrett, we got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously this is a hyper political issue. So depending on what side of the political spectrum, you either think we didn't censor it enough or censored it way too much. But right. but we weren't sort of as black and white about it as as Twitter. We just kind of thought, hey, look, if if the FBI, which you know, I still 
view as a legitimate institution in this country. It's a very professional law enforcement. They come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something, then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, no, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was it basically fit the pattern. So there you have it. There you have it. Yep. It's not just a matter of big tech doing this on their own. He's saying right now, the FBI told us, be on alert. Don't let any misinformation out there. Right? Yeah. They stretched him out. They put the little spider in his belly button. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Now, you know, he didn't want to didn't fuck with that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Who needs that stress? Right? Uh, yeah. Well, we've, I mean, this, this, there's nothing surprising about this. What's surprising is that he was on the spectrum enough to say this on the Joe Rogan show. Well, I mean, look, I mean, you know, what like I this, think this is going on for years. Yeah, but look, I think I think people like Zuckerberg, just like people like Elon Musk, I mean, all of these like billionaire tech people are, you know, I, I feel like they're all cut from a similar cloth in that way. Like they're just looking out for themselves, man. They're just trying to justify themselves and what they do. So if it embarrasses the FBI, it embarrasses the Democrats, you know, so what? He's just saying, hey, look. I mean, look, it, it makes sense. I mean, this this does absolve him in a sense. He's like, look, the FBI got our asses in line. What were we going to do, defy the FBI? I mean, they already dragged me in front of Congress to testify, right? They've already tried to strong arm me. What am I going to do, tell the FBI to go fuck itself? I'm going to let this story go through? Like, in this well, way, I mean, well, in that way, it does kind of make Zuckerberg look a little better. It's like, hey, listen, we're not Democratic hacks. We didn't just decide to do this. We were strong armed into doing this. By the FBI, you know, right. um, you know. Well, they're, they're, I think that's they're, why I said it. They're desperate to preserve their protections under, I believe, it's Section Two Thirteen that doesn't hold them liable in the way the publishers are for what appears on their sites. Sure, because, because they know that that's what they're going to do to them if they don't play ball. They're going to start going after Section Two Thirteen. I mean, they they it, they've straight out threatened to do that. So, yeah, I mean, they crack the whip. These guys uh, go along. You get the sense with Twitter that they're more enthusiastic about it. Uh, the old Jack Dorsey wasn't, but the new CEO, he's all for it. I, I get the impression that he's ideologically aligned with this kind of censorship, whereas Zuckerberg, yeah, he's covering his ass. Right, right, exactly. Um, all right, I think that pretty much wraps us for this evening. We have a great crowd here. Thank you guys all for tuning in. Patrons and paid Substack subscribers can find us in about probably five, ten minutes. We'll be back on with our patron-only episode for the month about Pete Buttigieg's uh, mishandling of the airlines fucking over their customers. So if you are a patron or a paid substacker, you have gotten the email with the invite to that link. That's an unlisted YouTube link, but you can go and click on that. Or you can join us here in our Zoom meeting. You have the information to do that as well. And for those who don't watch live, you can catch it. It'll be up as soon as we're done recording it, and the audio will be up uh, probably uh, tomorrow. So Thank you guys very much. This was a lot of fun. This was a great episode. Uh, thank you for a lively chat, as always. Uh, we uh, will be back on Labor Day weekend. Uh, we will have our technology up and running, so we'll be on Facebook and YouTube at the same time Labor Day weekend and probably on Twitter and Twitch as well. 
But if, like I said, if you can help us find that, uh, fund that, <laughs> go to patreon.com front slash do dissidents, do dissidents.substack.com. Either way, please subscribe to this YouTube channel and subscribe to our audio podcast on any major podcast player. Thanks very much, everybody, for watching. Thanks to our podcast listeners for listening. Have a great evening. Have a great week. Be safe. Be well. See you next time. Thank you, folks.